You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We're here once again, picking up right where we left off last time with some Nip Touch Season 2, Episode 13, Una Wentworth. Una Wentworth. Yes, sorry. I, I've written it down wrong as Una Wentworth. Um, so I came and read my own writing, and we're not off to a great start. Um, but no, looking, looking forward to uh, heading along the home track here on Season 2 of uh, this pretty awesome TV show that we're watching. Um, so looking forward to capturing this one. Um, and my name's Nick, and I think I captured your cum face pretty well. <laughs> that wasn't the one I was thinking you would use. Um, I'm going to use a couple here just because this is such a quotable episode, so bear with me here. <clears throat> uh, my name is Ben, and uh, yeah, I urinated in the soap dispenser. Do you want to spank me? Um, <clears throat> hang on a second. My name is Ben, and I can't be jo- J-Lo because I'm me, and... <clears throat> My name is Ben, and oh my god, Nick, you've slept with some strange types, but a 50-year-old high school principal? Yeah, it's um, it's one of those ones where you, you don't want to blow your whole world at one time, but yeah, there's, there's so much good stuff here, eh? There's some yeah. great quotes in this episode, and the next one, I just have to share so many of these. <laughs> well, I mean, my whole thing is any any episode that features Adrian, you know it's going to be good, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and there's always awesome quotes when it comes to Adrian, and um, it's one of those things I just want to point out straight away, like leading into this episode, is that um, you know it's going to be an Adrian heavy one because basically the entire preview for this episode is about Adrian, which is interesting. Yeah, I, that was definitely the, like the the first thing I noticed, and particularly off the episode that we just had. You know, it seems it's it's a huge turn, isn't it? I mean, I know we kind of talked about that a bit at the end of the last episode, but um, you know, from what we just had with the whole Julia dream sequence and everything, this is all of a sudden like zoom back into Adrian Ava territory. You know, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's uh, it's certainly a. An interesting episode with an ending, which yeah, okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, it's a bit of a funny little episode. This one because um, even though we talked about how amazing this this season is, and it definitely is. I mean, this is one that doesn't really feel connected in any way, really, and, and to what's going on um, in some of the big storylines, except for when you get to the end, I guess, which is the whole Ava Adrian stuff, which we're going to get to, which you know, kind of pays off um, towards the end of the season. But this one does feel almost like it belongs in season one. It's kind of this standalone thing, some really interesting stuff. And it reminds me a lot of the episode where Sean's, you know, ex-teacher um, um, is, you know, doing doing dodgy um, trans mm-hmm. surgery, stuff like that. And it's, it's got a similar vibe with the whole bobblet thing, which is kind of where we start off, you know, with these um, all these housemaids who are, who are getting made up with the um, the owner's clothes and everything and, and getting this, this special Botox, which is messing their face up. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of showing a little bit of flashback and, and going cutting backwards and forwards between her at the doctor's surgery and, and, um, and, and then at the end of it, we obviously find out that it's Bobbler. And, um, yeah, she looks like uh, an extra out of Star Trek after she's um, had this, this stuff put into her forehead. I, I will say, um, as much as we talk up the practical effects and, uh, you know, the, the makeup and everything here in Nip Tuck, I've got to say, that looks completely terrible. Uh, I mean, like, I know it's not meant to look brilliant because that's clearly what's meant to have happened to her face. But even there, like, to me, that just deliberately looks like they've gone to that length to put that on her face so that they can remove it. Like, it just it doesn't look realistic to me. Like, I think that Star Trek reference here is actually quite good because it does look something very alien and just out of the out of place. I don't know. I do like the, the beginning of this, though, kind of like it's a bit different. Like, we don't know what we're seeing here, do we? You know, like these uh, sort 
sort of, um, you know, Spanish-speaking ladies in this mansion trying on dresses. We get some, uh, more, 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 how do you like yeah. it? Um, <laughs> yeah. The music in this episode is amazing. Not that uh, we've really ever come across an episode where the music isn't amazing. But uh, I don't know, there's some real standout moments in this episode. It almost starts off as like a musical, I feel, just the way they treat the music in this one. Um, but what, what do they call it, Bobotox? Is it Bobotox? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But, I mean, it's a bit of a, um, a Ryan Murphy trademark, isn't it, to have awesome music and, oh. and music that kind of normally really fits with the scene as well. And, um, yeah, no, it's all done really well. And, 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 yeah, apart from that makeup, I think I'd totally agree with you there. But um, Can I just, yeah, can I just I, quickly I do... say, though, in, sorry to interrupt there, just really quickly, you were saying about the previous. I'm surprised they didn't show, show any Meryl in this previously because, I mean, it's kind of, if you didn't watch, like if you just picked up Nip Tuck halfway through season two, never saw the first season, you'd have no idea who this guy is, would you? Yeah, totally. Um, and I, I guess that's why I kind of think it feels a bit um, standalone-ish because at, you know, at the end of the day, he's not feeding into a larger story at all, really. Um, you know, like, and it, it, this is what feels a little bit weird about this one to me because we kind of got this whole thing with, you know, the the last episode where Christian's kind of falling in love with this uh, Natasha and, and um, you know, and then all of a sudden there's kind of no reference to her at all in this episode. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of come back to this one character. And so I think he kind of obviously you could I think you could watch it and not know you could just be like oh okay I guess there was a relationship there I don't think it's hugely important um but yeah I I do agree it does feel a bit weird that he's kind of just inserted here and look I I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing I think it that you kind of like as you said you could kind of watch it as a standalone one and not necessarily have to know too much of the backstory I think it's one of these ones where um you know, I know, for example, when we were doing some of our random rewatches and we did uh, a Smallville episode, and I think there was, like, a big connection that would have been helped if we had remembered the previous episode. I mean, I'd seen it before, but it had been a long time, and obviously Colin knew it a lot more. But, I mean, it's still you could still watch it as a standalone, um, whereas it's kind of like this. And, I mean... I, I was looking forward to, you know, I mean, I think you, you found at the end of last season when poor old Meryl had that issue with the dog that you're going to see him again. And we tease you that you were. And we'll tease you again to now to say that you know, you're going to see him again again at some point in the future. Uh, I mean, we, we always had Joey Slotnick on the show and, uh, you know, Joey talked about how much he loved playing Meryl. But, I mean, I like the character of Meryl, so I'm glad they brought him back. It's just It's just a weird way that they do it, particularly because... I mean, we know he's fallen on hard times, given on, obviously, what happened to him with the, the dog at the end of that season. But for this to be the way he's fallen on hard times, like, it's a, it's a big step down the uh, the proverbial gurgler there and how badly he's actually uh, ended up. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's really good. You kind of see this um, this pretty quick, you know, this descent, really, that we, we kind of haven't picked up on. Because, obviously, the last time we saw him... Um, you know, he was having this dog, the surgery happening and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so we've kind of left him to it. And um, it's kind of sad to see him picked up where he is. And, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting little story arc over one episode. I think they do it really well. And, and you know, yeah, as you say, um, he's a great character. He's well acted. So, you know, I, I, I'm never sad to see him here, that's for sure. But um, we kind of go after the credits, we go into this straight into the surgery. Um and, um, you know, you've got this whole thing of, you know, Christian's blaming himself about the whole thing and he wants to go and see Meryl. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure there's too much more to the scene that you want to add other than it's kind of setting up that we're going to have this kind of um, Christian-Meryl dynamic happening in this episode, um, which I'm always happy about. Anything that's going to be kind of Christian-centric, you know, it's going to be good fun. It doesn't matter who he's up against in terms of um, the acting. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting how it kind of just goes straight into it, isn't it? Um, which I mean, I, I like it. I like the way it kind of just comes straight into the credits, and boom, we've got music, and we're into the uh, the surgery. And yeah, I mean, we get—is this the only scene that Liz is in this entire episode? It's like Liz, the uh, the once again the moral compass of the crew, basically. Oh, it's because we live in a society that you know demands this, demands that. I mean, that's obviously the theme of the uh, the episode, of course. But I mean, it's just—it's kind of just interesting. I, I feel there's more of Liz in this episode that ultimately it was cut and it just didn't make the final episode because yeah. um, otherwise I don't see her purpose in this at all except to deliver this sort of you know little uh, you know speech essentially about society but it's, it's interesting how like yeah these guys are just having this conversation they're doing this they're doing that and all of a sudden Christian's just like you're right it's my fault um, but it's the thing that I find intriguing about this whole episode is that like yeah, I can see why Christian, you know, it's my fault. You know, I'm going to go try and help him. But, I mean, these are two people that generally hate Meryl's guts. Um, but, you know, I guess they've got a nice enough bones in their body that they just don't call the cops straight away. You know, would they not? I mean, these are the people that directed a dog to him. Kind of as like a, fuck you, Meryl. You know, you will operate on this because you'll operate on anything. And now they feel bad about it. I don't know. Yeah. I think they would probably just call the cops. I'm like, oh, clearly he's like hurting these poor women so but i know that they said oh don't call the cops because we're illegal but still i think there would be some other way they would have done it but that's just me well i think probably as well as um you know i've just said that natasha doesn't show in this episode and potentially you know one of the side effects of of you know natasha making christian a more sensitive guy is that you know he's acting in a way that yeah he might he might not act if he wasn't under her influence at this time he might yeah, yeah. just go straight to so maybe she's not physically in this episode but maybe her you know her kind of presence is here and i'm actually just going to skip the next scene because i think we kind of go into you know the next there's a little adrian scene which we'll get to but i think probably linking while we're talking about this whole christian merrill thing we might as well go into you know that scene where he's you know he goes into um you know where, where Meryl's doing this chemical peel. Um, he's in the back of this nail salon. It all feels a bit better call Saul for those that watch that show. Um, <laughs> and and um, you know, like it, it, it's a really kind of um, sad scene. You know, like this guy who's kind of just fallen on hard times and he's high on the gas. And you know, it's it's pretty horrible to see. Um, I think one of the things that um, if I'm going to give a little bit of a critique to the show, and it's definitely not the last time we're going to get this, is that. The show is quite big on the um, people turn to drugs and, you know, it's almost a bit of the South Park drugs are bad type thing. You know, like there's just there's so much of it throughout this whole this whole run of the show. Um, and I guess that's a, you know, that's a good thing. But, you know, it does kind of feel a little bit preachy at times that all these people are high on drugs all the time and blah, 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 blah. But that's, that's let's be just... fair, Nick. It is Florida and Miami as well. So, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello to all our Floridian listeners out there. <laughs> but it's just it kind of feels like all these people who are making bad decisions um you know they're only doing it because they're on drugs you know we've already seen the whole matt thing running over what's it car if it's gerald i'd almost forgotten her name already um you got it right so you know, and, <laughs> yeah yeah and you know so and we're definitely going to see more of that as we go through this thing that you know it, almost all these bad decisions people are making are, are, are tied to them using drugs and it kind of just blunts the impact of these people's actions is that then you know they wouldn't be doing us if it wasn't for the, you know, the fact that they're on drugs. I don't know. It's just just something to watch as we go through this whole series, I guess. But one of the things I do love about this is, um, is it Madame Rose or whatever she's called, the um, the nail salon lady, and she's basically got Meryl under complete control here, and she, <laughs> she she's she's a bit of a crazy lady. I love I love her line there. She's like, 
oh, he just needs more gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, she's like, it's not a, it's like a real stereotypical Asian lady, you yeah. know. It's like, oh, she needs more gas, you know. Like, just even the way she talks, it's she just, just like, looks grumpy. She's got like resting grumpy face. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know who this actor is. I, I need to find her who who she is. But I've seen her in other things too. Uh, I swear, uh, I've definitely seen her in stuff, but. I, I love just her introduction. Just that line. She's, oh, he just needs more gas. <laughs> just yeah. The way she says that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never really, like, I mean, it's an interesting point you raise about the whole, like, you know, it just seems to be the trope of, oh, everyone's on drugs. I mean, it, it is kind of, you point that out, and I, I think you're onto something there, definitely. And, I mean, you know, you talk about, like, Matt. I mean, God, we're going to get a lot more of Matt and drugs at certain points in this series. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's just such a well-written show, and it just feels like it's a little bit of a, um, you know, if I'm going to go back to my my favourite New Zealand drama, Shortland Street, it just feels like that's what they always do on Shortland Street, is that, you know, the shorthand to telling, you know, that somebody's making bad decisions is because they're on drugs or they're motivated by drugs. And it just feels like a short way to kind of get to why these people are acting the way they are. And, you know, I just think that the, the writers of the show are way better than that and they don't need to rely on that. You know, they've got good actors who can sell the, the, the drama without having to do a, you know, but they're, they're doing this because they're on drugs type of thing. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a major, but it is just something that annoys me from time to time that it, it just becomes a bit of a, a crutch to lean on. And it, and it shouldn't have to be because they've got everything going in their favor in terms of great writers, great actors. So. Yeah, I just I, hopefully my memory is that it's it's actually worse. Than, you know, it's not as bad as as I remember it being. Anyway, interesting, interesting. We'll, we'll but anyway, you know, yeah, and so obviously we kind of get this whole thing of he's he's high, and you know Christian's gonna you know take a bit of ownership here. But um, obviously he gets a phone call from Matt, and so you know we can kind of go back into this whole Matt um, Adrian thing. Where you know obviously the the scene that we've kind of glossed over here is. is Adrian selling drugs, you know, more drugs, but this is um, prescription drugs um, at the school. Turns into a fight, and um, obviously we we get into this whole scene in the in the principal's office, which is obviously Una Wentworth, the titular character of, of this episode. Um, and you know we kind of kind of get into this whole thing where we've got um, Ava and her whole situation, and, and you know the way that she's reacting to this compared to to you know Christian, and then, and then obviously Sean a little bit later as well. It's um, this whole thing's quite funny because you know you kind of get that typical kind of smarmy Ava behaviour, and then you get um, Christian kind of doing his thing as well. Yeah, and um, the whole thing about oh he's got he's got two daddies, and like this this whole <laughs> thing, it's, it's, it's a really funny kind of scene. This whole thing. Yeah, just I just one quick thing I just want to say quickly about the scene before um, when Christian walks into the sal- the salon. Uh, another piece of fantastic music. Uh, Touch Me, I Want Your Body by Samantha Fox. Don't know if you're a bit of a fan of that song, but, um, you know, it's like one of those really trashy, trashy, trashy 80 songs that everybody has to like as a guilty pleasure. So, uh, just go back and watch that scene. Just listen to it in the background. I just, I, I love that song. You know, I'm going to like that song. I like Madonna. Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, but, um, yeah, <laughs> I like, once again, we're at this, uh, we haven't seen this school for a while, have we? The, Outside Lockers Miami School, which, you know, just seems to be such a Floridian thing. Why not? Um, but, I mean, I, I do like this whole little punch-up between the two. Because, again, I don't think... Uh, we did talk a little bit about uh, Adrian and, obviously, uh, Seth Gable's acting abilities. But, I mean, it's just... We, we talk so much about the fighting chemistry between some of these characters. But just the fighting between, you know, Seth Gable and uh, John Hensley here is... You just it's so believable, isn't it? You believe these two characters hate each other. So, um, I think that's really good. And this woman, this Una Wentworth, uh, she does she just not look like a principal? Like, no, she doesn't really, yeah. But you don't yeah. think she does. I think she's, like, perfect. I think she's, like, 
absolute stereotypical principal. I believe this woman's a principal in a heartbeat. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I, I, I mean, she didn't really stand out to me one way or another. Um, yeah, but I, I just love this whole scene where it's kind of just like, I have two dads, he's my biological father, and then, you know, like, Ava's like, you know, Adrian's my son, but Matt's my lover. And it's just yes. like, this, this whole thing is just like, and it, it's just it played out for comedy really well, because oh, it's all it's... just played so deadpan. It, it's really, really good. And you and gotta I, love it. Yeah, and I just love the kind of cap at the end where the principal's just kind of like, well, none of you are that special. You know, it's just, it's so funny because, you know, this whole thing of like, this is the weirdest situation in the world and the principal's just like, nah, I don't care. I, I will say that uh, with Ava, I mean, yes, Ava, you know, she's back. Um, and uh, obviously we we love her to bits, but I just love just how she deals with this situation, like threatening legal action. And, you know, she just manipulates it so much. Just perfect Ava, such a manipulator, which is just so good about her character. But um, I, I do uh, love the fact that, yeah, as you said, she just casually mentions that Matt and I are lovers. Now, again, we've established that Matt's, what, 17 here, is he not? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, okay, that's the legal age of consent, I'm sure, in Florida. I don't know my consensual sex age laws in the US like I do in Australia. That sounds wrong. But, um, I mean, it's still, <laughs> there's still got to be an issue there, is there not? Like, this teacher who's all, like, strong for the students, 30 days for drugs and everything... She not going to raise this? Like, can you not imagine if your 17-year-old child, uh, you know, tells that to a teacher that they're not going to go, oh, hang on. Uh, or is things a little bit more relaxed in Florida in, I think, what, we're 2004 at this point, aren't we? So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows, really? Um, but I do I do like how, that you know, this whole thing of, you know, then Christian comes in and he's, you know, basically trying to bribe her with, you know, what does the school need? I'll write a check, blah, 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 blah. It's it's all pretty funny. Like it's these characters are playing exactly who you expect them to be, which is which is really cool. And obviously, you know, when we get the thing, you know, coming in a little bit later with Sean, you get that real, you know, that point of difference, which is a lot of oh, fun. Yeah. But you know, I do love that these characters are basically playing exactly who you would think they would be. But I just yeah, exactly right. And um I just think again, going back to what I was saying about Ava, just how good she is at manipulating people. Like, I mean, she's just so subtle in the way she does it and just again props to Famke Jansen for just making it so believable and just I, I, this woman, like, she could just manipulate anything into anyone. I mean, can you imagine if she worked for, like, Donald Trump, the shit that she could get, like, him to do and how, you know, yeah. already, uh, you know, manipulative uh, people are towards Trump and what he can do? I mean, it's not that hard to get him to do shit. But anyway, I just she's just one of the most manipulative characters I think I've ever seen in any TV shows, and she just pulls it off so well. So, yeah, it's such such a great character, such a great... Oh, can, we just, can we just spend the next hour talking about Famke Jansen, please? I think the thing too, as well, is that you know she does that real typical kind of psychoanalyze, you know, analyzing people, which is really good as well. So you know, it, it's really good. But you know, she comes out with the suggestion of basically Christian can do some surgery on her, um, which is so that, interesting you know, that the principal is so quick to go for that. She's all like, "Oh, if you know, I had a dime for every time somebody threatened me legal action, I'd be in Key West, you know, and oh, you know." this, that, and everything else. They're all, you know, worried about their Gucci shoes. And she's all talking about kind of like, you know, um, things that are like uh, just flashy and nothing to do with education. As soon as they like go for something, you know, oh, by the way, here's a shallow idea to fix your face. She goes for it. Like to me, it kind of like, really? She's just stood up for her morals there and straight away, she's just like, oh shit, yeah, I'll get surgery. And let's be honest, it doesn't change anything. She still looks old and ugly, so whatever. <laughs> but yeah and i mean you know we kind of get this whole scene between um you know ava and christian and 
just that tension's really there. It's it's really cool, and, and you know, I think um, you know, obviously, I think you're the you're the bigger Ava fan of the two of us. But uh, I, I definitely echo a lot of what you're saying. But you know, this final run of, of episodes, and it's probably starting here. Is it's just it's a real showcase of her as a character and Famke Jansen as an actress. You know, it, it, it's really really cool the whole thing, and um, she's one of those characters that you kind of wish was going to be more of a long like it's. It, it's an awesome arc for her in this whole season, um, and but you do kind of wish that she was going to stick around and be a, a bigger part of the season going forwards. It is one of the things that is, is kind of disappointing about the end of season two is that it kind of is the end of her run on the show. Um, I would disagree with that because I think that what more could you do with her? And I think the way they use her in future seasons um, is good, is great. Because, you know, um, spoiler alert, she obviously makes an appearance or two in the future, but just very, very subtly. And I think particularly the way they tie her into the conclusion of the show and kind of the story arc that gets involved with Matt. I, I, yeah, I think, I don't think there's a lot more you could have done with her and you would overexpose her. I think they use her enough and then they, the way they bring her back again in the future is again used enough. And I, look... There's as much as fan as I, I'm of Famke Jansen. I'd love to see her more, of course, but I, I think that she's one of the most perfectly used characters in this entire season, and I think the way they do her in this season and the way they bring her back later on, I think is just, I wouldn't change that. I think they do that perfectly. That's my opinion. Yeah, well, I, I, and I totally agree with you there, but um, yeah, I, I guess my bigger point is that she's just such a, such a great actress that you know it is a shame not to not to have her as part of the show going forwards as well. You know, like you wouldn't say no, would you, if she was somebody that was you know a major part of this whole this whole show. Um, but I, I also like the fact that you know the the impulse is right to kind of just make her a one season character, but make her a really strong part of that season. And you know, I don't think it's probably any um, you know kind of coincidence that she's that you know she's on the season that's probably the best of this whole this whole show yeah yeah and I, I see your point too i just i think a lot of the times with certain shows they'll have these great villains or great characters that get so renowned for their arcs and but then they sometimes will overdo it if you know what i mean like um yeah, yeah. you know one, one just i mean there's plenty of examples but the one that kind of just jumped straight into my mind i don't know if you ever watched that kevin bacon show the following um, but I mean that that only lasted for three seasons. I think the issue they had with that was that they kind of had this great dynamic between uh, Kevin Bacon. I think it's James Purfoy who played the um, the serial killer, and then kind of just the way that it got to the end of season one, like okay, that's that's good. Let's bring in another baddie. But then they just kept going and on and on and on, and you know it just kind of was like okay, you know we get it. You really should have probably ended this now because it's now it's just getting a bit too much. Despite they've still got this great back and forth between it, it's just okay. It's just, it's dragging on a little bit. And that's the risk that some TV shows do when they realise they've got such a great villain or they've got such a great character that they can then just overdo them. And I think that, you know, it was so, would have been so tempting for Ryan Murphy and everybody to keep this up with Famke Jansen for sure. But I think kind of what Nip Tuck does so cleverly is that, look, I agree with you. I think this is easily the best season out of all six of them. We then move obviously into season three, which obviously probably was the most talked about season in terms of the attention it got with the whole Carver storyline. And then they kind of, like, Nip Tuck to me was intelligent enough that they didn't drag out these things too far. And that even though that, yeah, the quality might have diminished a little bit after season three in terms of, you know, where it was talked about and everything, there's still lots to defend about those later seasons. But I still think that Nip Tuck was clever enough that it didn't get itself too wrapped in these things that were popular and that were making it great and were not afraid to then try something a little bit different and not overuse characters and storylines. Yeah. And I think it's probably, you know, it's... 
um, the American impulse as well as to kind of overdo it. And, yeah. um, you know, being somebody who's a fan of a lot of British, especially comedy shows, yeah. is that they know when to call it a day. Exactly. Um, they, always, they always leave you wanting more, and, and the American impulse is never to do that. It's to always give you way more than you ever wanted. Um, so, sure yeah, if, do they do that in New Zealand? I mean, because Australia's kind of, I feel we're in the middle. We have kind of like uh, shows where, for sure, we're definitely pull the British side of things where they quit while they're ahead and you've always got high quality, you know, like a, a Kath and Kim, you know, for example, Frontline, you know, these were shows that were at the peak of their popularity and the peak of their brilliance and they just don't mess with them anymore and they just always hold up because they're so pretty much perfect. Whereas then we do have other shows which kind of take the American angle and it's like, oh my God, when will Blue Healers ever end? You know? <laughs> yeah, I think we're probably the same. I mean, our most famous kind of um, what contemporary... Um drama show is probably outrageous fortune which some mm-hmm. people will look at of and i think that went for kind of five six seasons um and it didn't outstay its welcome i think it was it was around for as long as it probably should have been i think the thing is it's also spawned a couple of kind of spin-offs so there was like a a couple of kind of prequel spin-offs there's one on tv at the moment so i don't think we've got a big enough sample size to really know at the moment um but shortland street yeah, well, Shortland Street, yeah, but that's that's, that's a little bit different. That's um, a, a terrible soap that, uh, and, and Australia is not uh, um, um, allergic. To, uh, sorry, immune to that either. You've no. got your, your crappy ones as well. So, yeah, as as every country does, I'm sure. I wonder if Burkina Faso does. Like, I'd like to see if there's Burkina Faso soap operas. That would be interesting. We should cover that in the Oz Network. I'd be down for that. There you go. And you do some research and find that out. <laughs> do so they have so TV in Burkina Faso? I don't know. Is sure, that offensive sure to say that? that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure. Sorry okay, to all our Burkina Faso we, listeners out there. Let, let's bring Ben back on track. Um, and um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get into this. Obviously, this uh, we, we cut into the scene of Christian doing the, the eye lift on, on Principal Wentworth and Sean walks in. And, you know, this obviously causes a bit of a problem because I don't quite know the how the ins and outs of this work, but he Christian's managed to get this off the books without Sean knowing about it. I, you know, I, again, it's probably that useless receptionist that we keep coming back to over and over again. But, um, yeah, it, it's kind of weird how I, I don't know the, the exact way that you would manage to get this passed with Christian knows about it, but Sean doesn't. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. I mean, obviously, it's, what, done very early in the morning or something along these lines um, so that, you know, Christian's deliberately uh, doing it. But, um, yeah, I think we really need to analyse these reception staff more so here at McNamara Troy uh, yeah. <laughs> because they are fucking terrible. Um, yeah, I, I, the only thing I, I sort of add in this is, like, uh, again, just, this is this music on this episode really is starring. Like, you, you hear that kind of the opening part of this song, and you think, oh, it's Macho Man. But then, obviously, it's still the village people. Uh, we're going to Key West. I mean, do they have any songs that sound different? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You could do it's the YMCA to this song, and you'd get away with it, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it's you know, obviously this fight kind of breaks out, and that, that's really all there is to this. Um, and, you know, is there anything else that you kind of want to bring up on this? Because there's some other fun stuff coming up that I really want to talk about more. Uh, I really like uh, Sean. Uh, uh, Dylan, Dylan Walsh's acting here is fantastic, just the way he reacts. And then, um, you know, just kind of how it, it goes from, you know, he's just kind of like, oh, ha-ha, you're sleeping with a school principal to kind of realising, you know, the realisation of it and then sort of the way he storms out. And he's, what does he say? Like, oh, when it comes to tanning, you know, you can be involved in Matt's life, but when it comes to education, that's all on me. The, the, the one question that I have, though, and again, nitpicking, but you've got to bring this up, is the way Sean recognised her. Oh, isn't that Matt's principal? Yeah, I met her at parent-teacher night last year. So you've met her once. 
<laughs> and you can see her there under like, like you look at these patients when they're under surgery for the most part, you can barely recognise them. This woman's getting her eyes done. Like, how can you recognise her after meeting her once? Are you the one sleeping with a Sean? Like, seriously. Like, I yes, barely yes. remember people I met once a year ago. I wouldn't have a clue who that was. Yeah, and we probably actually skipped over the point that, that um, so what, Christian's sleeping with her? Is, it, is I'm kind of still a little bit unclear on, on that part of it. Well, because I think Sean's basically like, oh, you know, why are you doing work on this principle? Oh, are you sleeping with her? Like, I'd never expected you to do that. So, because, you know, and kind of Christian just plays along with it because obviously he doesn't want right, Sean okay, to know right, yeah. that uh, why he's really doing the surgery. And so he's like, yeah, I'm totally sleeping with her. Yeah, okay. No, that that makes sense. I'm obviously uh, that was a bit that I glossed over in the episode because um, I was like, why why are we talking about that? And like, yeah, obviously that <laughs> that makes complete sense now that you say that. Um, but yeah, so we get into this fantastic scene of Matt and um, Adrian in the in the toilet. Which God. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as I said at the end of the last episode, I never look at soap dispensers in bathrooms the same way after watching this episode. Yeah, so between um, peeing in the soap dispenser and um, so, but what he's like, he's like, oh. I was in I was in that um, in the cubicle and what what I was doing I only used one hand. I was just yeah, like, hand. Guess what I was doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's obviously drawn this picture. It is, yeah, it, which is the, which is the line I referred to earlier, which is about you know, um, you know, I captured your cum face pretty well. You know, it's it, <laughs> it's just so weird. I eh? like this whole thing is just bizarre. Um, one of the things I just I think I've probably mentioned it before, but it always bears repeating is that. Um, the guy who plays Adrian, I should have his name uh, um, at the top of mind, but he's got this incredible voice. Just like it's, it's quite um, like monotone, but not in a bad way. It's just mm. like he's he's a really good voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is pretty amazing, and um, yeah, just the tone of his voice is pretty incredible. Seth Gable, um, yeah, he's he's a great actor, um, and just actually scrolling through here on his. Um imdb page to see if he has done any voice work because uh yeah i I agree with you i think he definitely does have a great doesn't seem like he has but uh you know uh if you ever happen to listen to this show seth uh by all means um give it a crack um actually it's it's interesting um because one thing with ryan murphy is that i mean we've established that i've called out a lot of actors in terms of you know that have been in popular obviously that was uh, ryan murphy's one show before he did nip tuck but uh if you actually go to ryan murphy's wikipedia page he does have a habit of using uh, actors in all of his shows. It's kind of like a, a Ryan Murphy trope. And just looking here at uh, Seth Gable, he's actually uh, played Jeffrey Dahmer in American Horror Story um, in the, the hotel season, which, again, I don't know if you ever watched American Horror Story. It's, it's a great show. Again, Ryan Murphy, of course, it's going to be great. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting how I sort of always keep bringing up these actors from popular, and, you know, we talked about Sarah Paulson, obviously, how she's gone on to big things in Ryan Murphy shows, but, yeah, it, it is actually an ongoing trope. Having said that, though, he hasn't seemingly used any of the main four uh, from Nip Tuck in any of his other shows. So, uh, you know, there's there's a special thing out there. I'd love to see Julian Maman in American Horror Story. He'd be perfect for it, actually. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, yeah, this scene is just... Uh, it's just... I love because you sort of you're so much paying attention to Adrian peeing in the soap dispenser that you're kind of not really listening to what he's saying. So you only kind of pay attention to when he says like, "Oh, let's call a truce," just as Matt walks out. But it's just it's just so interesting the way he kind of goes about it. And then I love the fact that he can like pee in that so quickly. How does that not leak out of that little? I, I don't know how soap dispensers work, but anyway, and I love it when he directs that kid to it and the like, you know. If you spray yourself with a soap dispenser and there's, like, water dripping on it, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's a bit weird. I'm assuming that's still warm because uh, he's just peed in it. 
And then his first thing is to smell his hands. I mean, if I ever go to a soap dispenser and I get like, warm water on my hands, I'm smelling my hands because that really is disturbing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty gross. I mean, I don't like to think about it too much. Um, yeah, but it's, I mean, I just I just think this whole thing's really funny. Like the whole scene is just it's just a crack up. And obviously, we're going to end up back in the, the principal's office again pretty soon and see the the fallout from this one. But it's just one of those scenes. It's it's just a lot of fun. The dialogue's uh, uh, is really good. And I think it's one of those scenes as well is that we kind of forget. Um, a little bit about Matt and um, you know John Hensley's a, a pretty good actor, and I think one of the things you kind of forget about him is that he gives other actors the space to kind of you know be really good. Like he's a good support actor, which is probably a horrible thing to say. It um, makes him sound like he's not a good actor, and he totally is. Um, but you know, I think he just does a really good job of you know kind of letting other actors do do their stuff really well. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I think the thing that um, you know because we're really I think ramping up the hashtag poor Matt from this point onwards and I think what's really interesting about this season I know we've kind of talked about kind of how this whole Matt reveal has affected everyone we've obviously seen how it's affected Julia how it's affected Sean how it's you know affected Christian to an extent Christian's probably the lesser one out of those three but we've still seen it I mean how has this affected Matt like it really seems to be his one that's jilled over in this whole situation like we're seeing bits and bobs here of him there but I mean it's kind of it's really drawn him into the arms of Ava and then obviously with all the reveals that we're getting in this episode with Adrian's craziness, all the reveals we'll get in the next episode, again, Matt's kind of just on the side here for a lot of this, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that's a good point you make with that. Um, but, uh, you know, again, like as you said, it's not that John Hensley's not a great actor because when he does have some of these solo stuff uh, and, you know, moving forward into, you know, really heavy hashtag poor Matt categories coming up in future seasons... You know, I think he definitely handles it very, very well. There's some definitely some hugely strong John Hensley scenes coming up later on, particularly when it involves uh, him turning to a certain art form, uh, which, you know, is a huge, interesting storyline, which I can't wait to get to. But one, actually, that, um, you know, as crazy as it turned out to be at the beginning, it actually worked quite effectively. But anyway, I'm jumping way ahead here. Um, just believe me, when we get to this uh, storyline with Matt, it's one that is very unique in Nip Tuck World because it's not often you get a character turning to a certain profession like Matt does. Yeah, no, totally true. I'm, I'm, we're, and we're going to get there. That's going to be going to be some fun. But um, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, there's plenty, plenty to unpack when it comes to Matt. Maybe that's the wrong term to use. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, so we kind of move ahead and, and we get Meryl at... Um, I was going to say AA, but it's actually not AA. It's, it's DA, I guess. Drug, drug, I don't know. Uh, narcotics? Do they call it NA? Is it Narcotics Anonymous? Yeah, probably something like that. I um, mean, as an intravenous drug user myself and having been to plenty of these meetings, uh, that's yeah. my experience of it anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I'm struck again by um, how much um, Joey Slotnick looks like Johnny Fairplay. But anyway, that's, that's <laughs> the side story. So oh, hang on. Hang on. Hang show. on a second. Can I, I've got to interrupt you, Dick. In our next episode, we have got the number one Survivor doppelganger of all time, and I hope you picked up on it too, but I'm teasing that. We're talking Survivor doppelgangers. Wait till the next episode, people. If you're a Survivor fan, there is one person in that episode who is the spitting image of a Survivor contestant, but we'll get to that person. <laughs> I hope you oh, picked I, up on it too, Nick. <laughs> I, 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 Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I did. Ah, uh, uh, you will as soon as I point it out. You'll be like, ah, oh, yep, I see it. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, I look forward to that, because, yeah, I don't, it's not coming to mind right off the top of my head, so, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, yes, yeah, so obviously, we, you know, he's going this whole thing, and, and, you know, he's got this great sponsor in Christian, and, you know, kind of turns into this this um, this woman, you know, that, that he's got got the eyes for, but um, she comes over, and she's interested in Christian instead. 
the little filly. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting scene, isn't it? Because this is where you, you really feel for Meryl because, I mean, I, I, I just, you get kind of this point where obviously he's, a lot of his career and his life has just been trying to live up to, to Christian. And I think that's what's great about the character of Meryl is that clearly, you know, he's out there trying to achieve what Christian has, but it's never going to be the case because again, he's just not Christian and he's not as, you know, good looking as Christian. That's really what it ultimately comes down to. I mean, he's, he's got a bit of charisma about him. You know, he's got a bit of smarts out there. Clearly, he's not quite as good as Christian is when it comes to the surgery side of things. Uh, but yeah, I just like this whole sort of inner plot line of Meryl that it's always about, you know, living up to Christian and just that bit where that woman comes up and straight away kind of like shuts him down to talk to Christian. I, 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 I feel him so much there. That's me. I'm, I'm, I'm the Meryl in that situation. <laughs> so- yeah. Well, I think. I think lots of us are that Meryl on that situation. So, yeah, I definitely, uh, I think there would be a lot of people that are, are kind of relating to, to what Meryl's going through here. Um, yeah, Were no, you I, not thinking that, I mean, Christian's with Natasha in this point, so clearly we never see Christian hook up with this woman. But, you know, I think it's it's interesting to note, particularly with the next episode, that him and Natasha obviously are clearly in a relationship at this point. But, I mean, you know, this is one of those very rare episodes where there's no sex for Christian in this episode. And even when we've got a woman here who, you know, is obviously wanting coffee, um, you know, we don't we don't see it. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of... I, I always was thinking of that bit when, like, she gives him his car. Like, you're, you're in a relationship. You should be like, no, but what about my friend Meryl? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, not, the, not the best wingman in the world, is he? Mm-mm. And he's like, oh, she might. I would this. never. You never have a wingman who's like a hundred times better looking than you. What, 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 like <laughs> yeah. that. That is like wingman one hundred and one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So no. Anyway, it's uh, you know it, it kind of cuts out here, and I don't know what time they have these meetings, but apparently Matt's still at school because it feels like this <laughs> should be an evening session. But uh, oh, who knows? But anyway, so yeah, obviously, uh, you know, Matt can't. Oh, sorry, Christian can't make this uh, principal's appointment this time. So obviously. Sean comes in, and um, it's a bit of a different story this time around. You know, Sean lays the law down, and it's a lot of fun, actually. I, I like seeing Sean in this role where he's kind of, you know, basically saying to Matt, well, basically, you're going to come to come to work every day. You're going to do as I tell you to. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's really well done how you get this first one where it's just a complete mess. You know, Christian's breaking all the rules, um, you know, to try and get what he thinks Matt needs. And then, you know, Sean comes in. It's a completely different story. I, I really enjoyed how this was played. Yeah, and I, I like just kind of how this leads into it. You know, obviously, as you were saying, like how he gets the phone call and he's like, you need to call Sean. Like, you know, Christian, obviously, you know, thinking about his buddy, Sean, so it's good. Um, so, but yeah, I I agree with you. Dylan Walsh is the star of this scene and just the way he kind of handles it. And um, yeah, I just love how, you know, he just lays down the law. And particularly then when like... Um, uh, Ava's all like about, oh, you know, we'll file for uh, emancipation. And then he's just kind of like, you know, I'll put you through court for two years and, you know, get you up on pedophile, pedophilia charges. I'll go to the media. It's just like, you go, Sean. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, he, he owns that. Um, I do like yeah. Angry Sean. I, I, yeah. I always enjoy Angry Sean on the so show. I. Yep. He, he's good in that, in that kind of um, mood. I think it works really well for him. I think I think Dylan Walsh needs to be typecast more as the angry man, angry man. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I the most recent thing I saw him in, he was in uh, an episode of Designated Survivor, the new Kiefer Sutherland show. I don't know if I've already talked about this before, but he played like an army general or something. But 
we didn't get to see him yell. He just was basically in like one scene and spoiler alert, it was implied in like the next scene that he got killed in combat. So, you know, it's kind of like he was in like one tiny, this is what Dylan Walsh is up to these days. He's relegated to small supporting roles. He get killed off screen. So there you go. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Angry, angry Sean, angry Dylan Walsh needs to be more of a thing. I feel. Yeah. And I mean, the only other thing that I can remember seeing him in is Congo and he plays mm. the, the the lovable doofus and that really he's, he's not there's not a lot of teeth behind him in that one um, well, i never saw yeah. him in that poppy montgomery show that he was in what was that one he was like a cop and she was like some psychic or something like that oh yeah yeah Lasted no, for a little yeah. bit but i never yeah. i never watched it but i know he was that was kind of i think the only leading role he's had post uh nip tuck i mean uh unforgettable that's what it was called apparently it went for five seasons what are you talking about yeah uh, no i i do remember that being a big thing for a little while but didn't feel like it really caught on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely good in this kind of angry role. And, and you know, then we kind of move into, after that, it's, you know, um, we move into Ava kind of picking up on his lead back at her place that she's um, selling all of um, Adrian's clothes, which is kind of this weird scene where, you know, she suddenly become. I mean, do you kind of buy this, this whole change in Ava that suddenly she's going to, you know, kind of put Adrian through the ringer? Um, a bit, yeah. I think so that, like, I mean, she, she's obviously the more free-willed, open parent and all this sort of stuff, but I think it works into the storyline because I feel that, um, a lot of it maybe also comes down to her wanting to keep Matt as well, um, that obviously she can see here that, um, she's played it. Because I don't think we've really had many interactions between Sean and Ava up until this point, have we? Like, it's kind of only been, he's only really been there when it came to, uh, the, obviously the first meeting when we had that, uh, alopecia guy, and then obviously a few interactions when Julie's been there. So that's really the first time we've seen just Ava and Sean by themselves. So I think that kind of opens Ava's eyes up a little bit, and I, I, I buy it. I think that it, you know, clearly Adrian is being a shit, um, and just playing up. So I think that she has to do something in terms of, you know, more so about the relationship with Matt than anything. So, um, yeah, well, you know I the, buy it. You know the bit that I don't buy? What, what's that, the, the goodwill clothes because you didn't get the uh, money to go there? or You're almost there. Um, you don't bring in the, um, the refugee from El Salvador that you're dressing in your son's <laughs> old clothes. I don't think you actually bring him <laughs> there and dress him up like – you know, here's this season's catalogue and, and he'll be <laughs> wearing it from now. Like, it's just, that's weird. There's, a, uh, there's the rest, a bit of a rest... time continuity issue there too, is there not? Like, he's had a shower, so he's gotten out of bed, assuming he sleeps naked, because, I mean, he just walks around naked clearly before. Um, well, he... Yeah, exactly. So what's his problem here? He likes being naked anyway, so he should be pretty sweet with us. But, but how long is he in the shower for if Ava's got enough time to clear out his entire closet and drawers and put them in bags for El Salvadorian refugee? Uh, I mean, you know, a bit of, again, the nip-tuck time continuity there, not really playing into play there. He's jerking off and then drawing a um, a picture on the wall of a bathroom <laughs> of um, him, him and Matt um, giving his mother a three-way. Yeah, because, uh, you know, that's that's what we all should be doing. Uh <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But, yeah, no, it's... Um, I, I like the fact that, yeah, she gives the money, like, oh, he's, you know, I'm guessing it's a 20. Go to Goodwill. We should be able to get... Like, can we just imagine uh, Adrian walking into Goodwill? Um, like, if people don't know what Goodwill is, that's kind of like a salvo store. Or, you know, it's a, it's a an op shop. I don't know. What, what do you call them in New Zealand? You know, like uh, a second-hand store. Um, do you call them op shops in New Zealand? Yeah, they are op shops, yeah. Yeah, I would assume you would have them similar name to it. Like, Americans, you know, it's Goodwill, it's, uh, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. I mean, I've been, I went to a Goodwill when I went, when I was in Florida, so I, I probably could have bumped into Adrian when I was there, for all I know. Totally, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I just I just want to see the scene of him walking into a Goodwill in a, in a robe. 
Because you can just imagine creepy Adrian, like, going up to, like, the counter staff, like, going, like, oh, you know, do you want to spank me or something? I don't know. You want to jerk off or something? (laughs) (laughs) That's a spin-off show. (laughs) Adrian. Adrian and Goodwill coming soon to FX. (laughs) um yeah so anyway we uh we move on to this scene we're back in the office and um this scene when i first saw it was like what what on earth are we doing we're kind of like 30 minutes into the show now and we've got this new this new patient who wants to look like j-lo i'm like what on earth is this scene doing here and obviously we're going to find out pretty quickly why it's there um but yeah it is it's it's a bizarre scene um to just kind of crop up in the middle of nowhere yeah it is and it's it's very weird how this whole storyline comes into play because particularly when we'll see her go into Meryl's office, like I just there's so much about this that just stretches believability. And again, Nip Tuck sometimes she just checks out the door. It's got a bit of soap operaness about it sometimes. And I don't know, this one just feels very forced to me, just the way they kind of do this. And I mean, this woman's gorgeous. Can I just say that she doesn't need to? Look. She's better looking than Jennifer Lopez, in my opinion. Um, and I think Jennifer Lopez is gorgeous too. But I just, I just like it how this kind of plays out in the way she is. And this just reminds me of like that whole Michael Jackson guy, like a couple of seasons was a season ago. Yeah. Um, and it, like the baffling thing here, and you know, sorry if I'm like jumping ahead here, is when um, they're obviously you know she's trying to get it pro bono, like I'll pay you back when I make it, and then Christian essentially almost like looks like he talks Sean into it, like this is like pro bono for like actual cases of you know what have we had ones in the past about people having burns and you know things like this. This is a woman who's delusional, as if Christian is really going to talk Sean. Sean is the smart one here. Like I realize Christian's. Speech is all like, oh, I saw somebody in college and, you know, I admired him and wanted to be him. You didn't go and get surgery to look like Sean. You tried your best. Like, God, I this. if only, Nick, there was a psychologist in their office that could be there to <laughs> help through. Now, wouldn't that be an idea? <laughs> do you it, know it of anyone be. that might be available? Uh, <laughs> we, we, we do not speak a name. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I, I think probably the thing that kind of sets me off about this is that it, it's, it's so quickly done. Um, yeah, I think yeah. she had, if she had been kind of like, you know, um, earlier in the episode and then you come back to it, but it's kind of, it feels like they're in a bit of a rush to kind of um, tie up this whole agree. thing. Yeah, and then we kind of go into this next scene where, you know, he's in crisis, as he says, and he, and he calls Christian, and Christian's not there. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, it's uh, Madame Rose is back on the scene, and, um, you know, Meryl's doing the, the J-Lo surgery, and um, unfortunately, our, our lovely lady here passes away on the table, and um, <laughs> we get to chopping her up and putting her into a suitcase. I ju- yeah, I, it, it just feels so rushed. It Like, I mean, what are we probably up to, like, the 30-minute mark, 35-minute mark in this episode now? And it's just, it feels as though they just, they've they've forgotten how to end it. And, and I mean, the other I, thing, just to, just to jump in, the other thing I think that, that just feels a bit um, kind of forced is, you know, like, when he's calling Christian, you obviously get, you know, this, this good-looking girl turns up again and is going on about, you know, what was I thinking hitting on that guy? You know, we're all a bunch of losers and... You know, like that just feels like it feels overdone. It feels yeah. like, it just, and yeah, it does feel like you're totally right. You know, they're just kind of like cramming us all into the end of this. And like, yeah, it, it just feels like we haven't really done Meryl justice. As much fun as the kind of the whole um, Adrian and, and Matt stuff is, and it is fun, it, it, that, that feels like it should be the B plot of this episode, and the Meryl stuff should be the A plot. And it kind of feels like they've got it the wrong way around. 
completely agree. And I think it's just like he seems to fall off the wagon so quickly over just one not showing up to one meeting. Um, so yeah, it, it is kind of just very force the, the the way they do it uh, one thing i will say though i do like the editing involved when you've got this meryl scene you've got that heartbeat that's kind of going on uh yeah. that's a great effect and then particularly obviously then when she starts talking about like and she's got a weird way of speaking that woman oh what was i thinking that sexy man like i can't even do it the way she, she's got a weird way of talking um but you know just the way the heartbeat plays into that um but yeah when like Again, this is this is the one thing that's standing out in doing these these podcasts and rewatching Nip Tuck, which has never been a thing to me before, is just the timeline and just how time seems to go weird in Nip Tuck because this woman has just been refused point blank to get surgery to look like J Lo. She's then gone to Merrill, who, let's be honest, at this stage, I mean, was he only not offering Bobotox? When is he offering surgery as well? Uh, so she's gone in for a consult. She's got no money, but for some reason, Meryl still accepts her. Uh, maybe probably just charge her a hundred dollars or something like that. And she's gotten in on the same era. And again, I know he's a bit drug fucked and all this sort of stuff, but like, and and this whole thing, she's getting all this stuff sucked out of her again. As I keep clarifying on this show, I'm no doctor. I don't know how it works. I'm sure if you stuck a tube in me, sucked all my fat out and kept going, you're probably going to end up killing me. I've got a lot of fat, so it might take a while. But it's it's then, like, the, the, the she flatlines. He, like, attempts to, like, save her for two seconds. And all of a sudden, like, oh, she's dead. It's like, I watched ER. They would, like, pump people's hearts for, like, three hours when they're flatlining. Maybe not three hours. I don't know. Again, I'm not a doctor. But, like, they seem to give up so quickly. Again, they're drugged and they're fucked up and all that sort of stuff. I get it. But, yeah, it's just really, really weird. Uh, the actress who plays Madame Rosa is Karen Marayuma. Um, she's been in, she was in Pulp Fiction. She was a very small role in Pulp Fiction, uh, the bucket list, the campaign. Uh, and just quickly scrolling through her credits here, Nick, can you tell me if she's, uh, maybe typecast a little bit at all? Uh, <laughs> some of the, uh, characters she's played include Madame Lu, um, Kichiro, Nurse Xing, Li Nungguang, um, <laughs> I don't think she's typecast at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not but at all. I, I will say, I do like the fact that, uh, and again, I'm probably jumping all over the place here, uh, but she's the one who pulls out the grinder, which, of course, you would just have sitting in a nail salon. Why not? She's the one who starts chopping her up. She's the one who then knocks out Christian is like, we're going to need another suitcase. And all of a sudden, she's the one who does a runner because there's too much gore. <laughs> I mean, does that make sense to you? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all a bit strange. Um, yeah, and I mean, um, we uh, I kind of want to move away from this because we've got a couple of little other scenes that yeah. I want to talk about a little bit, but I, I think we kind of want to finish off this whole mural thing. Yeah, so basically, Christian shows up. He figures out that there's somebody dead in a suitcase. He gets knocked out. You know, he comes to, and Meryl's standing over him with a scalpel, going to cut his face off. Um, and um, then basically passes out because he's had too much gas. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's all very strange. Like it, it, it's the thing that saves us is that the acting's awesome. Um, oh, because, for sure. The, the, because the storyline here is nonsense. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like this guy's had, you know, he's had the strength enough to um, knock somebody out. Um, well, to cut somebody up, put them in a suitcase, um, do all that kind of stuff slice somebody's face or try to slice somebody's face off then he passes out um it, it's just all very strange it yeah it's um it is a very weird thing to to watch but the acting you're absolutely right joey slotnick and julian Mann, i mean joey slotnick is the star in this scene he plays this craziness guy so well 
Um, and again, the music, uh, it's Goodbye Stranger by Supertramp. It's one of these songs, again, you just can't hear now without thinking of this scene, and particularly the way they kind of build it up into that guitar part when he's slicing his face. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a good song. It's just Ryan Murphy and the music team on Nip Tuck just are such geniuses when it comes to involving songs for scenes. It just always fits well. I mean, this is why he went on to do a, a show based purely on music um, yeah. because he deserved to do that because Ryan Murphy is a genius when it comes to that sort of stuff. But, yeah, just, um, you know, and th- that the bit when he's slicing his face, like it is a little bit like, oh, like it's a bit cringy. Um, and Christian always finds himself tied up with people with knives on him, doesn't he? Like, it's just, you know, it's well, a I Christian think it's, thing. I think it's really interesting because, it, yeah, I was going to say that, that it's, a, it's an interesting kind of um, inverse of, well, not inverse, but, you know, like we, we've now got another situation where Christian's kind of over-promised to somebody. Um, they've snapped and, you know, tied him down and are cutting him up. Now, obviously, it's really different because you've got the whole Kimber thing is, is quite a, um, you know, it's a romantic thing, but obviously... You know, Meryl feels like he's been let down by Christian. And so, you know, that can't be an accident that they've chosen no. to kind of stage this in the same way. Um, and obviously, I'm always going to prefer the scene that's that's got Kimber with hardly any clothes on standing over him doing this. But I, I think it's really interesting that they've, they've gone back and made that same decision. So, yeah, I do kind of like how we've, we've got the same thing happening to him again. Um, and I think there's some things we can kind of pick up on that. You know, Christian doesn't always learn from his mistakes. No. Uh, the yeah, one thing so- I just want to really quickly point out with this, Nick, before we move on, because I know obviously we've got some lovely stuff at the end here, but um, the whole speech there where Christian's like, oh, facial transplant surgery has never been done before, and, you know, he's like, oh, oh, you don't think I can do it? And I think actually in real life this might have been done by now. At least it's been attempted a couple of times. I know it's made the news. But I'm watching this scene thinking like, Imagine if he actually pulled that off. So, like, at the end of that, they do the facial transplant. He does it. Meryl's face is on Christian. Christian's on Meryl. And at the end of that, they just both look at each other and go, holy fuck, we did it. We're going to be famous. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Let's call the media. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, this is, um, you know, this whole scene kind of ends with, yeah, he's kind of standing in front of the the mirror and, um, you know, kind of cutting his own face off. And, you know, it, it seems to me that, you know, you get these two different shots. So you get the one of him kind of, you know, that the camera's on him and then the camera's on the mirror of him. And it looks like two different people. Like they, mm. they, they look like two different. And I think that that's quite, it's quite interesting that they've made that choice because in the mirror, he kind of looks reasonably clean shaven. Whereas if you look at the one where it's actually on him, you yeah. know, he's, he's pretty, you know, he's got, he's got a few days growth there and he looks a bit more disheveled. And they're you know, quite interesting little choices there that they've made to, to kind of put this together. Um, yeah. So, no, I, re- I really enjoy how kind of the scene ends. I just wish we'd had it a little bit more fleshed out because it is really interesting. Um, One and thing I'll the- also add, too, is... Uh, sorry, Nick, you didn't finish. No, no, I'm interrupting I- you. Shut me up. No, I was just going to say, is this, um, you know, you've got a better handle on where the show's going than I have because you probably watched it more recently than than me. So, you know, is this the end for Meryl? Like, where do we, no. where do we kind of go? So we have got some more Meryl there's, coming. There's one more Meryl. Uh, he's not in it until season four from memory. Um, and I will just say it involves him in prison. Um, but uh, it's it's... The tragedy of Meryl continues, uh, let's just say that. Um, but, yeah, there's, a, there's there's only one that he comes back into it, and I'm pretty solid on that one. I'm not going to have one of these, oh, I think it's only one. Yeah, I'm, I'm 99% certain there's only one more that he comes into it. But, um, yeah, the, just, he's a tragic character. I think we talked about that last season. But, uh, you know, things aren't really going to get that much better for Meryl, sadly. Uh, and I remember, yeah, as I said, we had, you know, download our Joey Slotnick interview. We're not just doing this for, you know, cheap tags and advertising. We kind of are. But, like, he, I mean, we only briefly talked to him about it. 
uh, about uh, his role here in Nip Tuck, but you know he said he, he thoroughly enjoyed working uh, on Nip Tuck and obviously playing Merrill. So uh, yeah, he gave a bit of an insight into that. So uh, we will see him again in a, I think about a season and a half. But uh, the one thing I was just going to quickly add as well is that uh, uh, you know he is incorrect when he says that this has never uh, successfully been done before. Of course, I mean we've we've all seen Face Off. We know that John Travolta and Nicolas Cage pulled it off uh, very successfully. So um, you know he he clearly hadn't seen that movie at that point. I mean I believe Face Off that was even more realistic than this scene of course yes no totally great movie coming uh, soon to the oz network by the way people just not tagging that as well everything's coming soon isn't it mm-hmm. um yeah so no i mean um that kind of finishes off the mural side of things there's a there's a quick little scene here where matt's kind of in the um in the clinic with with sean which is a really a sweet little scene i don't know if you want to add anything to that you know the kind of reminiscing about him coming in on weekends and stuff which i really liked it was quite a cool little scene um you know and it's quite nice to have that scene between matt and sean because um, there hasn't been a lot of it really yeah nothing really to add i mean i agree with just everything you said the, the one thing i'll point out is the fact that all of a sudden we discover that matt's a baseball fan and they want to watch the marlins together That's i mean right. you know yeah. i mean it's cool we've clearly established throughout this series run that they're both sports fans when I mean, we saw boxing but i mean out of all i mean this is the thing that just on a side note that always baffles me with like people in florida florida and their sports teams i mean it just seems to be such a transplant state that there's just not rabid fans for Floridian sports teams. And Flor- Floridian sports teams, for the most part, are fairly successful. Uh, and we obviously went over our, you know, my hatred of the Tampa Bay Lightning a few episodes <laughs> ago. But, like, I actually know a very rabid Tampa Bay Lightning fan. She's a pain in the ass. But um, she won't listen to this show. Um, but, like, yeah, it's just, it seems like I don't know anybody besides that one person who's like, yeah, Marlins! Like, when I was in... Uh, Florida, and we went to Miami. Like you, just you don't see people walking around in like sport. I think I might have seen one person with a Miami Heat shirt on. Only people only ever wore Miami Heat stuff because LeBron played for him for a couple of years, and he buggered off, so no one gives a shit about the Heat anymore. So it just it just seems so forth. Oh, there's a Marlins game on tonight. It's like watch a Marlins game. There's no one in the crowd anyway. No one gives a shit about the Marlins. <laughs> so that the Marlins is that's um, baseball. Um, yeah, no, it's um, what's the dude off Survivor Kagiyan? He was the the oh, um, uh, David. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the uh, still is apparently the uh, CEO of them. I think from yep. memory. So yep. he so was there's... on. Did you see that episode of John Oliver that they featured him on that? Because yes. uh, yeah, the, the sports stadium deal. I'm like, hey, it's David. Yeah, <laughs> I've interviewed him. Uh, well, worlds <laughs> crashing together. But uh, yes, yeah, so obviously we finish off this this episode with a, a creepy incest scene. Um, <laughs> you well, say I mean, that so casually. Yeah, just your standard creepy incest scene at the end here. <laughs> yeah, as, as you do. Um, yeah, so no, it's uh, it's pretty weird. Um, and you know, I, I guess incest is, is uh, all the rage and on drama shows these days. So you know, it's it's really nothing. You know, in 2017, it's it's just it's par for the course on the most successful drama shows on tv so um but yeah i mean in terms of this whole thing it's it's, it's a pretty creepy way to end the, but i guess it just goes to show that that there's nowhere nip tuck won't go and it's it's a pretty unexpected way for this to end i think you know the first time you watched it you probably weren't you weren't seeing this coming uh, well, I mean, I'm Tasmanian, so I'm used to this anyway, so it's not a shock for me. Uh, but, yeah, no, for sure. I remember the first time I watched this, and you're like, holy fuck, what the hell just happened? Um, it is like it is. For the the shortcomings this episode have, I have to say I love the ending, not because I'm an incest fan. or I mean, again, I'm Tasmanian. But, like, it's just, I just think the way it's so shocking, the way it ends. Because, like, when you're rewatching this, and you obviously know this is about to happen, you can pick up the clues. You know, you can see the subtleness from, from Adrian's little, like, and what do I get? You know, things like that, you know. But, I mean, 
he just like I think you watch this for the first time and you're thinking like why is he being like that? Is, he's, is he implying something? And then kind of the way she's like, no, no, don't, you know. And then it just goes into it. It's like, holy shit. Um, and it's, I think, the best way to end it in terms of the fact that you couldn't have this halfway through an episode. You need this to be the cliffhanger so that your jaw is literally like, <gasps> and of course, you know, no social media back in 2004. Uh, so, you know, this was a technically a water cooler moment the next day. Did you watch Nip Tuck last night? Holy fuck. But, like, can, I, mean, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but, like, I see all the updates that come uh, after an episode. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe this, and holy shit, you know, on social media. I can't imagine what, like, Facebook would have done, you know, with all the Nip Tuck fans back in 2004. Holy fuck, who saw that coming? So, yeah, it's, a, I mean, it's it's out there, as you said. There's no place that Nip Tuck really won't go. Um, but, I mean, it's it, to me, though, it's not done in a cheap way that it's just done for the fact of, Fuck, we've got nowhere to go with these two. Let's make them lovers. It like it clearly seemed from the get go when Adrian was brought in that this was going to happen. So um, I think it. I think it's very effective. It's shocking, and uh, again, it just adds to the beauty that is Ava's character. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it really sets you up for what the hell is going to happen next, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty intriguing way to end the episode, um, even if um, pretty skin crawling. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's. Yeah, we are looking forward to coming back and, and seeing where this goes over the next couple of episodes as the season ends anyway. So, yep, interesting way to finish the episode. All we've got to do now is rate it. So uh, over to you, Ben. Is it a buy, a rent, or a bin? I think I know where you're going, but uh, interested to hear your, your take. Uh, I'm going to rent it. Um, is that where you thought I was going? Or Yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah. thought, yeah. Okay, well, cool. Uh, I mean, look, it's it's again, it's... Yeah, I, I don't dislike this episode. I don't love this episode. I think it's got some great parts, but I think it's also got some very rushed and overlooked parts, um, and you can kind of see it there. Uh, but, I mean, again, a, a rented episode of Nip Tuck in Season 2 is going to be a lot higher than maybe a buy it in a, I don't know, another show that we're going to do in a certain season. So uh, it's still watchable. Uh, it doesn't really add a whole lot to the overall arc of this season, except for the last scene, you would argue. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a, a renter if there's ever going to be a renter. Yeah, I'd uh, pretty much echo what you're saying there. I think uh, um, the comment that I made earlier is that I think probably the two main storylines needed to be switched over. I think we've paid more attention to Meryl in this one. Um, and, and I think you could still end off with the Adrian stuff, but I think that probably should have been the B plot. Whereas I think a lot of the stuff, as fun as it is, the kind of, you know, the, the peen and soap dispensers and all that kind of stuff, it is funny. Um, it, it really kind of takes away from the, that dramatic ending. So, yeah, for me, it's definitely a renter. It's it's um, it's an okay episode. It's a fun one to kind of pick up and watch, but you're probably not going to seriously kind of sit down and say, oh, I need to watch this one to get a, an, an idea on what's happening on Nip Tuck. So, yeah, it's definitely a renter for me. For sure. I agree with you, Nicholas. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's wrapping it up for us. Um, looking forward to, to coming back and, and getting into some more heavy Ava um adrian stuff happening in the next one um yeah i mean any other any other tidbits you want to pick up on going into the next one there's uh, there's some kind of fun stuff with christian and, and natasha as well yeah it's it's an interesting one it kind of um you know revolves around uh our lovable two and their relationships and uh <coughs> excuse me i'll just choke on myself there i don't know where i went with that um any professional show would have edited that out but clearly we didn't um yeah, I don't know what else I'm at. I just nearly died there. So anyway, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing some Zenith action in the next episode. Oh, Zenith, fuck yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get our Zenith on. 
yeah no looking forward to it so no that's that's all for this episode um make sure that uh you are following us on facebook um like us on tw- follow us on twitter i suppose you don't like people on twitter do you i do that all uh, the time i get them confused but people know what they mean i think yeah. they know what we mean just do, just do the do the social media <laughs> thing with us um, social media us people social yes, media us absolutely make sure you do that um we're always keen to hear your comments so if there's anything uh, you want to um, give us feedback especially when it comes to the nip tuck episodes we'd love to hear from you um so no it's it's been a lot of fun look forward to coming back for episode 14 but uh for now uh, i'm nick and you should be very afraid my name's Ben, and I basically use all the quotes at the beginning, but um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this man. Uh, and by that I mean I wouldn't have lost my uh, business, ended up on drugs in the first place. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.